0: This is the Watch Post Podcast, which you'll find at watchpost.org. Well, hello, and welcome back to the WatchPost podcast. My name is Mel Black, and today I want to talk about a foolish idea of mercy, where we have ideas of mercy, but they contradict God, they contradict God's judgment. The example I want to use here is 1 Kings 20. Um, This chapter is quite long, so I can't uh, manage to fit it all into the podcast uh, episode, but I would encourage you to go read the chapter for yourself, um, because the context here is is quite uh, significant and important. Um, But up to you. I'm going to try my best to summarize what's going on here um, in a a shorter amount of time than it would take to read the whole thing. Um, But basically, there's this king, Ben-Hadad, who's coming from Syria against Ahab. Now, Ahab is, an, is a wicked king. He's not a righteous king, but the Lord is, is going to um, spare him and he's going to deliver him from Ben-Hadad. And right at the beginning here, the terms that Ben-Hadad delivered to Ahab is just remarkably cruel. It says, It um, His terms are your silver and your gold are mine. Your best wives and children are also mine. And the king of Israel answered, as you say, my Lord, O king, I am yours and all that I have. The messengers came again and said, Thus says Ben-Hadad, I sent to you, saying, Deliver to me your silver and your gold, your wives and your children. Nevertheless, I will send my servants to you tomorrow about this time, and they will search your house and the house of your servants and lay hands on whatever pleases you and take it away. And then Ahab uh, speaks to the elders and he says, Mark now and see, this man is seeking trouble. For he sent to me for my wives and my children and my for my silver and my gold, and I did not refuse him. And the elders and all the people said to him, Do not listen or consent. And so there's a lot of context that goes on here, but Ahab is gets victory over Ben-Hadad twice. There's two different battles and he gets victory over him. And the second battle, it says, Ben-Hadad also fled and entered an inner chamber in the city. And his servants said to him, behold, now we have heard that the kings of the house of Israel are merciful kings. Let us put sackcloth around our waists and ropes on our heads and go out to the king of Israel. Perhaps you will spare your life. And then they came to him and he says, your servant Ben-Hadad says, please let me live. And he said, does he still live? He is my brother. Now the men were watching for a sign and they quickly took it up from him and said, yes, your brother Ben-Hadad. Then he said, go and bring him. Then Ben-Hadad came out and he caused him to come up into the chariot. And then in the end here, there's a prophet that comes and um, is showing that Ben-Hadad, or so, showing that Ahab is wrong for this. And he gives this parable of a, a soldier who lost a, a prisoner of war and was going to be punished for it. And he says to him, thus says the Lord, because you have let go out of your hand, the man whom I had devoted to destruction, therefore your life shall be for his life and your people for his people. Now, trying to sum that all up, I hope the context makes sense here. But what I want to talk about today is how Ahab is an example to us of what it means to live in a wicked way, contrary to God, and how this is certainly a wickedness where we go out and we indulge our sin. Ahab committed murder. um, He was very, very terrible. But the opposite here that we often miss is where our ideas of mercy are often contrary to God. They resist God and they don't obey God. And we can see this even similarly with Saul, the same kind of context here where he spares things and keeps things and doesn't do what the Lord told him to do. I want to talk today about how our very ideas of mercy oppose God, where we resist God's judgment. And we even think that this right here is the definition of what mercy is. Um, and see, Ahab was foolish because he did not accurately judge all the sin in Bid hadad Bid was this wicked man who acted presumptuously, who um, was to demand the most... Uh, inhumane expectations towards this king Ahab was reducing him. Um, and when the second the Lord gave him victory, the mind of Ahab was uh, to lift him up literally into the chariot with himself and call him his brother. And this is often what happens with us as Christians, where um, we think that this is what love looks like. We think this is what mercy looks like, but we forget to accurately assess and judge and allow God's judgment against sin and against people who walk in sin, who walk contrary to God. And I would say from this, you know, the reason Ahab thinks this way is because he himself is a wicked man. He himself wants this type of mercy for himself. And so this is what he gives to another wicked king. I think this is very key for us to understand um, where we go wrong because often we have ideas that are of many things, um, not just mercy, but we have these ideas out of a wicked heart. And so we implement these things and we. We think that we're being merciful when our very ideas are fallen and contrary to the Lord. What we should see here is that God's judgment came against Ben Hadad because of his wickedness, because of his sin. And this is what God intends. This is God's purpose. God gives us this, this life to repent of our sin, to turn to Him in Christ. And yet His judgment remains. And we we often sh- really struggle to accept God's judgment. And we have many ideas that resist God's judgment. And we think that we're merciful for it. And we need to see, or at least begin to see, that our opposition to God's judgment, our opposition to God's justice, is very much out of a wicked heart, just as much as anything else, we actually give in to man's claims of mercy, these these false pleas of mercy. And we think so much of ourselves, but by it, we are actually opposing the justice of God. And we what we don't also see is that it's it's uh it robs us of the true dignity. See, this man had just turned to Ahab and was uh disgracing him, was humiliating him, was was literally trying to violate his entire life. And yet Ahab turned around in this very wrong idea of mercy and, and thought to spare him when God's judgment had exposed this man and had had worked to destroy him for the very sin that he was walking in. And what we should also see is where there's this pressure to give in to this this idea of mercy, where there's this pressure um, that goes on where where we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm one of those merciful people. Or, hey, you're a Christian. It's your job to be merciful. It's your job to do this and this and this. And certainly it is our job to be merciful. Um, And I would say that there's a a far greater need uh, for us to come into mercy. And we're, we're very lacking in mercy so often as Christians but this is not the same mercy." This is the mercy that we often actually walk in because we're not walking in the true mercy that we're called to in God. The true mercy of God doesn't give in to the presumption, the unrepentant hearts of wicked people. It walks in in a real zeal for the the righteous judgments of God, for the salvation of God that comes through repentance, that comes through the, the righteous atonement of Christ and pleads for those things and seeks those things he doesn't try to go around those things and and give into a man's presumption. It goes within Christ and looks for every person to be saved within that. This man... Ben-Hadad wasn't repentant for what he had did. He literally just wanted to get away with what he had done. He wanted to not um, face the judgment of what he had done. And it wasn't even, you know, "I'm, I'm truly sorry. I did these horrible things. You know, may the Lord spare me. There was none of that. He just wanted to get away with what he had done and not face the consequences. And this is very often what we think mercy is. And it's very contrary to God. Ben-Hadad only wanted to get what he wanted. And this is what we need to see at the center of this, you know, idea of mercy. It is only wanting to get what you want. There's no regard for truth. There's no regard for God. There's no regard for repentance. There's no regard for justice. There's no regard for anything. It's only the desire to get what he wants and we need to be careful that we do not um, obligate ourselves or others to serve that sinfulness inside of a person which looks like mercy but it's actually contrary to it. It's very important that we judge accurately where mercy belongs. There is incredible mercy in Christ. There is infinite mercy in Christ, but it belongs in a certain place. It belongs within the righteousness of God, within repentance, within justice. We, um, and if we're not careful, we will believe in a mercy that is actually contrary to these things rather than one with them. God's mercy is for those who fear him this is uh, Luke 150 it is to bring people to repentance it is to bring people into salvation through repentance through the forgiveness of Christ through the the new birth of Jesus um, it's through these things and when we are ideas of mercy try to go around that that narrow gate that narrow road then we are contrary to god this is where god's mercy is it is to turn people back to god not spare um, people from god's judgment in spite of how they live their entire lives whether they change or not it is through repentance and it is through um, christ his righteous atonement bringing us out of sin and into the holiness of god This bears an important um, mention today because there are are many ideas of mercy that are even within the church, pretty common in the church, that are actually incredibly unjust because we think that mercy contradicts justice. When mercy upholds justice, it walks within the true form of justice. It's not outside of it, it's with it. Um, And it's when we insist upon mercy outside of repentance, outside of Truth and fact, and ultimately um, a turning to God, a turning away from our sins, a turning, um, looking to restore what we have taken, looking um, to do right in place of wrong. When we don't look for mercy within that, we do injustice. Then there's so much today that's, you know, demanding uh, ideas of forgiveness. And we need to realize that sinners, abusers, oppressors, they love, love to to take up the, the term forgiveness so that so that they can continue to get away with what they are doing and we need to allow people some common sense some some wisdom where they don't have to just obli- they don't just have to give in to the obligation of this mercy um, because it's not actually serving Christ it's not serving God, and we need to allow people this dignity um, and allow ourselves this dignity. And when we serve this, we do exactly what Ahab did, letting people continue in their sin, continue outside of the righteous judgment of God and outside of his conviction and his even condemnation of their sins. Therefore, we need to be very careful to realize the great significance of these things. And these ideas are ultimately rooted in pride. They're rooted in this idea of like, well, I got the secret answer and I'm so, you know, superior in my righteousness. And they're, they they fuel your pride. They don't fuel truth. They don't fuel goodness. They certainly don't fuel a person repenting. They fuel pride. And it feels great until you are the person who needs true justice on your side now. And you see how false these ideas are and how enslaving they are um, and how they ultimately just promote a person to continue in sin rather than repentance. And see, this is what many people think of Jesus. They think he is this person. He thinks they think that Jesus is this this uh, mediator who comes in resistance to the Father and is like, no Lord, spare them. They're so you know they're worth something. They're worth redemption. I mean, isn't that what we hear in so many movies all the time? You know, uh, like give me a reason for why man is worth saving and da 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 and like because of the power of love or whatever, you know. And we think that that's merciful and. This is important for us to look at today because this mentality is incredibly common throughout the whole uh, Western world, especially. And then people are like, well, isn't that who Jesus is? Isn't that who he is? He just loves people and forgives. And there's no context for Jesus in his mercy still being the righteous judge because that is who Jesus reveals himself to be. If we don't walk in repentance, we will face the judgment of Christ. We will be judged for our sins. And so Jesus, his mercy is within that to save us By repentance, to save us by his atonement, um, but that atonement to bring us out of sin, to bring us in to holiness. And if we don't understand this, we participate in the world's ideas of mercy, which are actually incredibly contrary to God. We need to be careful with what we are defining to be of Jesus, because there's a lot going around today that's saying it's mercy and love and forgiveness that is not actually of Jesus. It's it's of the world. It is of this fallenness of man. And these ideas of mercy actually show a wicked heart, not a righteous one. We think that it's righteous, but it's not because just like we said, uh, just like I said in the beginning, you know, Ahab was a wicked king and it wasn't just his ideas on, you know, how to murder people and get, you know, land for his vineyard or whatever it was, his ideas were also of a false mercy that he wanted of God to give to him, this letting him get away with his sin and not have to deal with the consequences of having to change or having to face God's judgment for it. We can see clearly that this is what Ahab wanted in Second Chronicles 18, Jehoshaphat uh, allies with Ahab and they're going to go out to battle Um, and Jehoshaphat says well let's inquire of the Lord first to see if this is his will Um, and Ahab has all these false prophets prophesying his success but Jehoshaphat seems to be aware that they're false prophesying so he asks if there's another prophet that they might inquire of the Lord by. And then Ahab says there is yet one man by whom we may inquire the Lord, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, but I hate him, for he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. And so the messenger goes and said to him, behold, the words of the prophets with one accord are favorable to the king. Let your words be like." The word of one of them and speak favorably. But, but he said, as the Lord lives, what my God says that I will speak. And he goes on to tell Ahab that um, they're going to die, that this battle is not from the Lord. Um, and Ahab says, did I not tell you that he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? And he does. They go off to this battle and Ahab dies. Um, And this is the the point. This is what Ahab wants. Ahab wants to do whatever he wants. And whenever the Lord corrects him, whatever the Lord tells him, that he will literally die. If he goes forward, he he complains and sees God as his enemy, sees his his prophets as his enemy. And out of that heart, he um, acted towards Ben-Hadad in this same way, the same form false mercy. This mercy that denies the judgment of God, the justice of God. So we should realize that a sinner also has wrong ideas of mercy, not just, you know, wrong ideas of sin, wrong ideas of um, love or marriage or whatever. They have wrong ideas of mercy and we need to be careful of these as well. We resist God by our ideas of mercy when they are not within the gospel, when they are not within God's judgment and when they are contrary to God's judgment. And we think this is what Christ serves and it's not. We need to remember that God's way of sparing a person. This is the mercy we need to be very, very busy with is the mercy within the gospel, the mercy within repentance, the mercy that brings us up out of our sin, not a mercy that indulges us in our sin, indulges us in, in our wickedness. And this is the idea that people get, oh, I'm a sinner too, so I'm not going to judge their sin. You don't judge mine and I don't judge yours. And we all just lay down and, you know, run around in our sin and there's no judgment Against sin anymore? No, we need to be very careful of that because it's very common and popular today to think these things. So, I hope to see you all in the next podcast episode, and I will see you there. Take care. For more content like this, visit Watchpost.org.